listeners. Welcome back to How to Sleep. Uh, this is Mike Schaefer, episode two, hopefully of thousands of episodes to come. Uh, hope you all liked episode one on the American Standard Toilet. Certainly had a fun time recording it. I hope you had a, a good time listening. For this second episode, I didn't know where I wanted to go. There are millions of manuals out there. If you think of the sheer number of products that have been um, produced and, and created over the years, anything from toys to to video games to to home furnishings to technology and electronics and printers and refrigerators everything has a manual and i didn't really know where i wanted to go next with episode two i will give a shout out to my colleague dan who uh, in his infinite wisdom came up with a grandfather clock a ridgeway grandfather clock to be specific um, so I'm looking forward to reading through that manual. I think it's going to be a thrilling, thrilling time. But first, a couple of thoughts on clocks. I don't know what type of memories you have with clocks or what your stance is on clocks, if you have one. Not sure I do. But I, when, when I saw the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock Manual, I... I don't know if lit up is a a way to describe how I reacted. Um, I'm not sure if I, 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 like a light bulb, light up to a ton of things. Um, But I I certainly had jogged some some memories. And and the the main one was the brand regulator, which is a, a clock brand. It's also arguably the the greatest um, one of the greatest rap songs of all time with Warren G and Nate Dogg but Regulator is also a uh, a clock brand um, as far as I know it's it's just clocks but it might have done other might have been a, a brand for other things too but we my family had a Regulator clock in our house and it had to have come, and, and gosh, I haven't thought about that clock in, in years, probably over a decade at least, minimum. It had to have come from my, my dad's side of the family uh, because my grandparents had, well, they still have a, um, there's a regulator clock in their house as well, and... It seems like these clocks could last forever as long as you're keeping up with them and taking care of them. A few thoughts on on the one in our house. It was uh, it hung on the wall. It wasn't a, a grandfather clock, which I guess I don't know the exact definition of grandfather clock, other than I think it's one that it's it's tall. It, it stands on the ground and is. Um, <laughs> I literally just thought um, as tall as a grandfather, which is uh, makes 
little sense. And so this one uh, hung on the wall. It said, regulator, it, when it chimed on the hour, the number of chimes corresponded with the hour. So if it was uh, 1 a.m. or 1 p.m., I really don't know if it differentiated between 1 a.m. or or 1 p.m. Because I don't think it would do like military time if it was um, 1 1 p.m. I'm not sure it was doing uh, 13 chimes. It might have just been been one each time. But if it was 5 p.m., it would chime 5 and then so on and so forth. And and so uh, that was just something that I it was part of my childhood growing up. And just that clock was a part of our house. And I don't know if everyone has experienced that. Uh, I have. And time is an interesting thing. And, and clocks and the way they track it and, and tell you what time it is is interesting. I know um, when I think of alarm clocks and, and waking up, which might not be necessarily the, the, the greatest thing to think about when you're, you're trying to fall asleep and and maybe you have to get up in the morning. But I, I remember in college, one of my roommates had this small, small uh, alarm clock. It was probably no bigger than uh, a couple of matchboxes. It wasn't very big. And it was battery-powered, which is why I trusted it. Typically, I'd use my cell phone as my alarm clock, which I think more and more most people are, are doing. Uh, and that was my backup. When I had to get up for a test or if there's anything important that I had to do the next day, I always set that little plastic alarm clock, that battery-powered plastic alarm clock, and this thing, I mean, it was dingy. I don't know how old that thing was. That thing looked like it had been around since the 70s. And when, when he gave it to me, I mean, that thing had already woken woken people up thousands of times. Um, more than that, even. It was incredible. I had just moved recently, and I finally retired the clock to to Goodwill. It's still out there, and and who knows? You know, someone, someone is. I mean, the thing's going to keep working the same way regulator uh, clocks and and this Ridgeway grandfather clock. I'm going to read the manual on the same way. You know, if maintained, those things will will last forever. You know, until time extinguishes itself. Uh, that battery-powered, that little plastic battery-powered clock that that I used throughout college, that thing's been around forever. That's going to keep on keep on ticking, uh, you know. And 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 now, you know, I everything's if there's an important uh, meeting in the morning or I got a flight to catch, anything at all that requires that I wake up on time. You know, if my internal clock isn't already set. The, the, the people who who can not set alarm clocks and just wake up naturally you just you will yourself you, you, you train your internal clock and your rhythm and you can just wake up that's an incredible and incredible skill and and uh, kudos to you that's impressive I can't do that 
typically will just set my my phone alarm and then on the important occasions I'll go with two phone alarms my work phone and my personal cell phone so I never need to ever because I'm already thinking about having to get up which causes me to wake up because of that typically five minutes before I have to get up so instead I have to snooze two alarms and or shut off two alarms depending on how much sleep I got the night before but I still do it with the two phones I'd be curious to see how I felt if I removed one I took away the safety net the safety safety net I suppose not having an alarm at all is removing the safety net and just seeing if your internal body rhythm can wake you up but that's not an experiment I'm looking to do anytime soon so with that I'm excited to get into the instructions for the Ridgeway grandfather clock and this manual this is uh, every manual is unique and different this one has its its own charm in that right on the cover uh, the image you get uh, it's a black background and the 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 defining characteristic of this of the front of the manual is a zoomed-in image of the um, the minute and hour hands of the clock, and you have the goodness I haven't described uh, the difference between a an hour hand and a, a minute hand in in quite some time. Um, you have the the smaller uh, hour hand of the the clock, and you have the the longer we're talking about length uh, longer minute hand of the clock so it looks like it's telling the time it's it's 1:50 p.m. this Ridgeway clock i wonder if there's any significance to that number uh, the same way sometimes like a, in a movie a license plate will have a, a certain uh, you know name on it for instance, or a, a certain combination of letters and numbers that signify the director's, you know, um, friend or someone who wrote the book that the movie was filmed off of, or um, the name of a certain character references uh, someone's personal connection, things like that. I wonder if Ridgeway, listing 150 here on the front of the manual, was was referencing anything could literally mean nothing but something to think about so that's that's the front of the manual uh, black background you have a, a rectangle image that's really defining the front of the the manual that shows the, the clock um, and Ridgeways at top their logo uh, which is I don't know what that font is um, all the letters are connected it's uh, it's a white, the font's in white, um, and it's got an oval that circles the the 
Ridgeway name. And then at the bottom of the manual, um, sort of to the far left of the the rectangle Ridgeway clock that's zoomed in, there is an all-white outlined grandfather clock. And, and all you see is the white. There's no, uh, it's just, um, there's no definition to it. There are no details at all. It is just a white grandfather clock. And, you know, if you didn't know what the grandfather clock was, or quite frankly, if not in this context, if you were, if you were to put this image by itself, I'd be curious to see if you could identify what it was. Um, but having it being a, a manual for the clock, it's obviously pretty clear. Um, to the right of that, in all white font to contrast against the black background, it says Grandfather Clock Instruction Manual. So let's, let's see what page two, um, just to, uh, I guess, to give you all an expectation uh, of the length of this manual, we have 14 pages. So we'll see how dense it gets. I hope as dense as possible. The top of page two, and we didn't see this with the American Standard Toilet, instructions. I don't know if they left them out or if it just wasn't part of them, but on the top of page two, we have a, a black box that uh, in English text reads English, and then uh, to the right of English in its own separate gray box it says 1-13, so page 1 through 13, and then back in the black box it says um, Espanol, Francois, and Deutsch, um, so Spanish, French, and German. And then to the right of that, in a separate gray box, it says 15-38, so pages 15 through 38. So I'm only going to read through pages 1 through 13 because we wouldn't get very far with the other languages if I were to, to make a valiant attempt at reading them. So we'll get through the 1 through 13 this episode. So page two, if we, we scroll down, uh, it, it says in uh, all caps, bold font, basic operation of a floor clock. So I guess the floor clock, when we were talking earlier uh, about the grandfather clock that, um, that I think defines what a grandfather clock is, floor clock could be uh, a motto. At the heart of every floor clock is the movement. The movement controls the hour's strike, timekeeping, and chime. The pendulum and weights are critical components to operation of the clock movement. The pendulum provides the ability to regulate and adjust the timekeeping. As described within these instructions, adjustments to the pendulum to achieve accurate timekeeping is easily accomplished. The three weights provide power to the hour's strike, parentheses left weight, time, parentheses center weight, and chime melody, parentheses right weight. Without these weights, the clock would not operate. 
Each weight is different and must be properly hung from the movement left, center, right, to ensure proper operation. Weights are hung from the movement by a cable or chain. The weights must be raised at least every seven days or the clock will stop. Raising cable-driven weights is accomplished through use of a crank. Raising chain-driven weights is accomplished by pulling down on the loose end of the chain. The strike and chime sounds are made by a series of hammers hitting various length rods. Each rod makes a different sound when hit by a hammer. Specific chime melodies are achieved by controlling the sequence that each hammer hits a corresponding rod. Alright. That's pretty exciting stuff. I wonder what it must be like for someone who makes clocks. For a living, I mean, this is this is bare bones, simple stuff for them. Um, I, I, I imagine, I just wonder, thinking it through and um, seeing through the eyes of a clockmaker, that would be pretty interesting. All right, the the bottom half of this page two of the manual, uh, all bold. All caps lock, important information, and there are four bullet points. Bullet point one, please take a moment to record the clock model number and serial number in the space provided in the service information section on page 12. Bullet point two, the product information label lists the clock model number and serial number. The clock model number and serial number are essential for obtaining parts of service. The product information label may be located in several locations. Outside the shipping carton, back of door, back of the clock, top of the clock, inside the top back corner of the clock, or inside the clock above the back of the dial. Refer to this label when contacting us or your dealer. Bullet point three. Attach your sales receipt to this manual for future reference and record the information from the product information label as indicated on page 7. In bullet point 4, please keep any original packing that came with your 4 o'clock. Page 3 is our table of contents. At the very top, all bold table of contents, caps lock underlined as well, pretty traditional table of contents um, heading. Below that, the first heading in, in all caps, all bold, floor clock, cable. And then below that we have one, two, three, four, five, six um, items. Um, so we have setting up your clock, and this is if, if you've seen a table of contents before, um, you'll have uh, you know, the heading, you'll have the subheading, and then the subheading will typically have a bunch of periods that lead to the page number. Uh, so it's just an easy way to, to figure out where you want to go if you want to revisit a section that you read earlier. It is a table of contents to help you um, identify where everything is located. So setting up your clock is, now this text is in, in blue, and it, it actually looks like um, this manual has hyperlinks. So uh, the manual, the American Standard Toilet, I read was was not necessarily an older manual, but it wasn't digitized. Um, in this case, clicking on each one of these will 
link you to um, information on how to install these uh, various things in the, in the table of contents. So, setting up your clock, all the periods over is on page 3. Hanging pendulum, also page 3. Hanging weights, page 4. Setting moon dial, page 4. Setting time, page 4. Starting clock, page 4. Next section, floor clock chain. You have setting up your clock on page 5. Hanging pendulum, page 5. Hanging weights, page 6. Setting moon dial, page 6. Setting time, page 6. Starting clock, page 6. And below that, we have another header, general information. And below this, we have product information label, page 7. Moving your clock, page 7. Installing slash removing top side panel, page 7. Glass features, page 7. Raising weights, page 8. Regulating timekeeping, page 8. Automatic nighttime silencing option. Would have liked to know about that back in the day of my family's regulator clock when it was midnight and chiming 12 times in the middle of the night. Page 8. Chime selection. Page 9. Care and maintenance. Page 9. Next subheading. The always fascinating, hopefully never visited, troubleshooting. Difficulty turning the moon dial. Page 9. Clock does not chime at proper time. Page 10. Clock does not strike the correct hour. Page 10. Clock will not chime or strike. Page 10. Chimes have the incorrect tone. Page 11. Clock will not run. Page 11. Then we have another heading. Warranty. And that's on page 12. And then the final heading, service information. And you can find that on page 12. All right, moving on. Now we're getting into the good stuff. What we have here is, so heading at the top, we have illustrations on the far right of the page. And on the far left, we're going to have uh, steps one and two with, with quite a few in-depth details on how to set up a clock. And, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm pretty glad these are pretty in-depth. It seems like installing a grandfather clock is, is pretty complicated, and these seem pretty thorough. Again, as I said on episode one, I am not handy at all, and I require, quite frankly, reading through every step-by-step -step instruction, and then multiple times, and then more times after that. So if I were to ever install a Ridgeway grandfather clock, this seems like it could be useful. We'll see as we go through. So the top of the page says, 
in all bold, all caps. Follow these six steps to set up clocks that require weights suspended from a pulley and cable. So I'll describe uh, the the far right image at the top right of the page first uh, to the best of my ability. This this isn't quite as easy as describing a toilet. <laughs> um, I'm a little more familiar with toilets than I am with grandfather clocks. I'm of course imagining a life in that I'm more familiar with grandfather clocks than I am toilets, and it it could send me down a rabbit hole. So this image, we have uh, an image that is showing pulleys and a pendulum and uh, hammers. So it's, it's the inside of the clock, and I'll name... The, the the various items that are listed there are, are, are words that describe them for the parts and then there are arrows that are pointing to them um, it does look like we have a, a profile view looking into the the clock and the top left is the chime hammers and it's pointing to um the the chime hammers which you know when i i think of chime hammers i actually think of the inside of a piano when you're you hit a key and and that hammers, if I'm describing that right, I could be mistaken. And that that hits a, a chord that strikes the um, uh, to cause the noise that the key corresponds to. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what the chime hammers is pointing to. And then uh, below that we have the pendulum guide, which is is really looks to be a, a hollowed out the middle of a two by four hollowed out. At least that's what it looks like. Um, and then below that, the cardboard sleeve, which by no means looks like a cardboard sleeve. Oh, I, I guess it does. It looks like the the hammers, the rods that... Well, below the cardboard sleeve, there are the chime rods. And if I'm not mistaken, it, it looks like the cardboard sleeve has holes cut out and the chime rods are, are strung through those um, vertically. Um, at the very top right of the image we have the foam pads. Those appear to be behind the chime hammers. And then at the bottom right of the image we have styrofoam blocks. And those are below the pendulum guide. And then we have the cable pulleys. And this is all listed as figure one. So let's see what we have for instructions. So step one, all caps, bold, underline, setting up your clock, all caps, non-bold, non-underlined. Located in the bottom of the shipping carton will be a box. This box contains A, the key to fit your clock door, B, a crank which will be used to wind your clock, and C, weights which operate the clock movement. Also, within the shipping carton will be the clock pendulum packaged in a separate box. And then we have our warning symbol triangle with exclamation point inside. All bold, all caps. Warning, keep plastic bags and small parts away from children. And then another instruction, move the clock close to its final location, which that seems to me like perhaps 
the most important instruction you could have. Making sure you get it where it's going to go before you set it up because grandfather clocks are heavy. And you also, as you're moving them, don't want to disrupt the fine balance of the uh, mechanics that you are um, building when you, when you install this. Um, below that we have another warning with the triangle and the exclamation point. Warning, all bold, all caps. Ensure clock is positioned square and firm on the floor so that it will not fall over. Adjust levelers for maximum stability and proper alignment. End of warning. Next steps. Access to the clock movement, chimes, and cables is made in three possible ways. Through the front door or doors, through the top side panels, parentheses or side doors on some clocks, or through the back access panel. The top side panels are held from the inside by tape or a plastic clip. The plastic clip may be turned or tape may be removed permanently. Refer to the general information section on page 7 for proper instructions to remove and install top side panels. Remove the cardboard sleeve from around the chime rods and pendulum guide by holding the cardboard sleeve at points A and B. Oh, I, I see those are, those are listed in the image to the right that I described earlier. At points A and B and pulling straight down. Pull straight down, this is underlined, and off the ends of the chime rods and pendulum guide. Parentheses C figure 1. Right, that makes sense as I look at it. Remove the foam pads from between the chime hammers and chime rods. Care should be taken to avoid bending the chime hammers. The chime hammers will be free to move after the cardboard sleeve has been removed, thereby allowing easy removal of the foam pads. So the image I was describing earlier is, is the packaged clock, the packaged um, insides of the clock, and and how they are, how it's you know packaged up to prevent any damage when it's transferred and and shipped. And so this is uh, describing what to do to to make sure you carefully remove that packaging so the clock is ready to be installed. All right. So in all bold and all caps. Now it says, do not remove the styrofoam blocks. Now it's just bold, um, no caps, from above the cable, pulleys. This is one of the most critical points in the entire setup operation. Removing the styrofoam blocks at this time could cause the cables to overlap and bind the movement. You can remove the styrofoam blocks, and then we're at after, all caps bold, for after, so they're being very, very clear with their instructions. This is the most critical point of the setup. So you can remove the styrofoam blocks after, all bold, all caps, and they now just bold. They become loose through normal operation, which typically occurs after uh, 8, and then in parentheses the numeral 8, so the word, and then the, the number, hours of runtime. So if you're installing this, read through that paragraph again. That's important. Next, 
we're going to position the clock into its final location. So it's a reminder, make sure you put it in its final location before you, you install it. Once in place, your clock cabinet must be leveled as the clock may not operate if it is not level. There are four, uh, and then four the number, levelers under the cabinet on each corner that can be screwed in, parentheses up or out, parentheses down, to make adjustments. Place a level alongside the clock cabinet from front to back and side to side, adjusting the levelers until level. It may be necessary to periodically check your cabinet after initial setup, parentheses, especially if the clock is on carpet, end of parentheses, as it might settle after original leveling. See figure 2. So figure 2 is the, uh, it says leveler, the word leveler, there's an arrow pointing to the figure, figure 2. And what this is, the bottom corner, one of the bottom corners of the clock. And there's a the piece that sits on the floor. There's a little arrow that points to the left and to the right. And that curves along the bottom of the circle. And that, um, that little piece that sits on the floor, it shows that it's attached to the bottom of the clock. It's a just really, uh, it's pretty much like a... An opposite side of a graph so you have just the the bottom of the clock and then the, the right side and then the the left side and the top are aren't there so it looks like a really looks like an, an reverse image of an L all right so underlined it says illuminated cases some clocks have lights illuminating the inside of the clock case Check that all packaging materials have been removed from the light bulb before operating the light. NOTE, all caps. To perform the following steps, we suggest wearing cotton gloves or using a soft cloth when handling parts. So this is a, a delicate thing. It's a delicate installation, and you want to be gentle. You want to be as careful as possible, and, and you... This is an important piece that, like I said, if treated well, could last forever, literally, as long as forever is. And, and if you have cotton gloves, wear them. Maybe use a soft cloth. Maybe you have a, an old pair of socks you don't wear anymore. Not sure if that's part of the instructions, but in a pinch, you could use those. So we are on to step two all bold, all caps, underlined, and then under that, all caps, hanging pendulum. We have an image to the right that we're going to get to. I'll, I'll describe it once we get through this quick description or installation instruction. Some pendulums have a colored protective plastic film covering the pendulum disc. Carefully remove this film before hanging the pendulum. To hang the pendulum, Locate the pendulum guide through the front door or any of the side or back access panel locations. While holding the pendulum guide with one hand, slip the pendulum in through the front door with your other hand. Place the pendulum hook through the slot on the pendulum guide and lower the pendulum until it is hanging securely on the pendulum guide. Parentheses C, figure 3. So what we're seeing is... A progression, a sort of progression, 
from the first image, the top right image that I described previously. So what we have here is now we see a, a pendulum guide, a pendulum hook with an arrow pointing up to where they want to hook that onto the guide. Um, the very bottom of the pendulum hook we see the pendulum itself and then we have the styrofoam blocks are there and the cable pulleys are still there and it was clear we the styrofoam blocks are important so we don't want to remove those that's very clear moving on to page five of the ridgeway grandfather clock manual step three all bold all caps hanging weights all caps and all caps this is another reminder all caps all bold do not remove the styrofoam blocks now we're back to just regular bold until after your clock has been operating end of bold you can remove the styrofoam blocks after all caps they become loose through normal operation which typically occurs after eight, uh, eight and then the numeral hours of runtime. Most clocks use three weights. The bottom of each weight is labeled as to its proper hanging position as you view your, view your clock from the front. The total weight of each weight is slightly different and each, all caps, weight must be installed in its add the bold, so all caps, all bold, correct location for the clock to operate properly. Check the uh, end of bold weights to ensure that they are tightly assembled. Sometimes I'm wondering who spends the time bolding in all caps in the text and why and how much time they put in to, to creating these, these manuals. Uh, it would be absolutely fascinating to read through this and uh, one have the, the the person who wrote the manual listen to it. it I can only imagine how it would make him or her feel and then two to, to chat with that person who wrote the manual um, this is a good one uh, I think this is this is detailed and and, and thorough and it makes makes a lot of sense. I guess that's the case when you want to make sure your your Ridgeway grandfather clock is, is properly assembled and, and taken care of and prepped for a future of telling time. Final piece of step three before we get to the, the figure description. Check to make sure that the cable is in the cable pulley. Hang the weights on the pulleys. Parentheses C figure four. So what we have here to the right at the very top, you have the styrofoam block um, seen in, in 3D, um, an arrow pointing to it. Um, to the right, on the right side of that block, so we're really seeing uh, underneath the block. And so the right, it, uh, you see a, a fraction of the cable alongside that styrofoam block. And then the cable pulley uh, at the very bottom of the styrofoam block. So there's that that wheel there that the cable's feeding into, you have someone's left hand, a picture of a hand, holding on to the the cable pulley. So it's got the fingers wrapped around that, that circle there. And then you have the weight in their right hand. 
and that's below the left hand and and the arrow is pointing to the weight and what they're doing is hooking that weight to the cable um, and below that it says figure four step four all caps bold setting moon dial all caps in parentheses available on some models so i don't know if this is available on the model that you have if you were to have this clock with your fingertips apply slight pressure to the front of the moon dial and rotate the moon dial clockwise until the moon is directly below the number 15 lunar day mark parentheses each mark represents a lunar day and a parentheses on the lunar arch parentheses see figure five which is to the right if the moon dial will not rotate see the troubleshooting section refer to an almanac or calendar and determine the date of the last full moon this is amazing i love this so much count the number of days past the last full moon rotate the moon dial clockwise one lunar day for every day past the full moon example if the last full moon was three days ago rotate the moon dial clockwise three lunar days so that the moon is centered at lunar day 18 on the lunar arch the moon dial is now set and will indicate the proper moon phases as long as the clock operates continuously. If the clock stops, the moon dial will also stop and must be reset when the clock is started again. So there's an image to the right that I'll describe in a second. I also, for anyone who is a fan of werewolf, literature or films this would be the time when not only for the styrofoam blocks being the most critical step in the process but properly uh setting up your your lunar your lunar day calendar for the full moon for your ridgeway grandfather clock um if you are a werewolf or know a werewolf who's around you at any time who needs to properly know when the full moon is coming this would be the most critical step i think it would probably be setting the moon dial and then managing the styrofoam blocks maybe there's a debate there but that's my theory and then to the right in a corresponding image to step four there is a a an image and it's got a, a the number 15 lunar day mark and there's an arrow pointing to it and so what you have is uh, a half circle and it's it lists the numbers 1 5 10 15 20 25 and 29 and that's that's sticking up uh, from the top of the clock itself and then there is a hand a hand wearing a cotton glove presumably that is holding the the clock there it's it's I guess holding its or it's pointing to the number 15 moving on step five all bold all caps setting time all caps 
parentheses, moving the hands. So there, there's a heading, I guess a, a labeling here. All bold, all caps. Caution on movements with automatic chime sequencing. The chime selection lever should not be in the, quote, auto position when moving the hands. Moving the hands in either the clockwise or counterclockwise direction while the automatic chime sequencing is in operation could damage the chime mechanism. All bold, all caps. Caution on movements with day-slash-night shutoff features. The day-slash-night lever must be in the strike position, parentheses, all the way up, when moving the hands. To set the time, move, all caps, only the minute hand, counterclockwise, parentheses, backwards, until hour and minute hand are at the correct time. Parentheses C figure 6, which is to the right, and I'll describe in a second. All bold, all caps, do not move the hour hand when setting the time. The hour hand is, so this is just all bold, no caps. The hour hand will, um, then regular text, move automatically when the minute hand is moved. By moving the minute hand counterclockwise, it is not necessary to wait for the clock to chime as the minute hand passes each quarter hour, parentheses C figure 6. The movement has a self-correcting feature which synchronizes the chimes with the time. If after setting the clock on time it does not chime properly, permit it to operate two hours to correct itself. So to the right we have just an image of the clock. We see the minute hand list or labeled and we see the hour hand labeled. And to the, the far right of the clock, to the right of the numeral three, it says uh, chime selection lever. And there's a little piece that's uh, uh, labeled right along the drawn, I guess, right along where the three is. And then to the left of the clock where the nine, nine is, so on the opposite side, there is the day slash night lever. Again, this is drawn to the left of that nine. There is an arrow pointing to the minute hand that says counterclockwise. It's labeled as figure six. Last step on this page of the manual. So this is step six, all bold, all caps. Starting clock. Reach through the front door of the clock and place your hand on the side of the pendulum disc. Move the pendulum to the le far left of center and release. Let the clock operate a few minutes until the pendulum settles into an even swinging motion. Parentheses C figure 7. If your clock gains or loses time, and this loses with two O's, so typo there, after 24, and then the numeral 24 in parentheses, hours, see general information section to regulate the timekeeping of your clock. And now in all bold, and then after, and that's in caps, these styrofoam blocks become loose through normal operation, which, uh, no more caps, which typically occurs after eight, and number eight hours of runtime, you can remove the styrofoam blocks. 
Remove the styrofoam blocks by lifting the blocks straight up until they clear the cable pulley. Then gently push them back through the cables. Do not use tools to remove the blocks. Do not permit the cable to overlap on the drum. So what you have here on figure 7 to the right is a front view of your grandfather clock. There is an arm, so half of an arm, that about cut off at the elbow, and then that cloth gloved hand, and it is pulling the the uh, the clock backwards. So the, the I guess the pendulum, it's pulling the pendulum backwards, and, and uh, the door is open to the clock, the front of the clock. So the, that glass door is open in order for that hand to reach in so you can remove the styrofoam blocks. All right, page six of the manual, all bold, all caps, follow these six steps to set up clocks that require weights suspended from a chain. Step one, all bold, all caps, setting up your clock. Located in the bottom of the shipping carton will be a box. This box contains A, a key to fit your clock door, and B, weights which operate the clock movement. Also, within the shipping carton will be the clock pendulum packaged in a separate cardboard box. And we have our warning symbol, the triangle with the exclamation point, all bold, all caps. Warning, keep plastic bags and small parts away from children. End of warning. Move the clock close to its final location. I can't stress that enough. It's not part of the instructions, but I can't stress that enough. Get it where it needs to be, then install it. Another warning. The triangle with the exclamation point. All bold. All caps. Warning. Ensure clock is positioned square and firm on the floor so that it will not fall over. Adjust levelers for maximum stability and proper alignment. And I should have said this, this page of the manual also has text on the left side of the page and then corresponding figures, drawings to the, to the right side of the page that I will reference as we get through this page. Access to the clock movement, chimes and chains, is made in three possible ways. Through the front door or doors, through the side or back access panel. The rear access panel is held in place with plastic clips. Turn the top clips to remove the rear access panel. The side access panels are held from the inside by tape or a plastic clip. The clip may be turned or tape may be removed permanently. Refer to the general information section on how to properly remove and install side access panels. Remove the foam pads from between the hammers and chime rods. Care should be taken to avoid bending the chime hammers and chime rods. The chains have been packed for shipment in a bag and are located near the clock movement. Pull the bag free and cut the string with scissors. Allow the chains to hang. 
Carefully remove the plastic retainer by sliding the retainer down off the chains. Do not pull the chains through the movement or off the sprockets while removing the plastic retainer. Remove the spring clip from the back side of the movement by first pulling one end free. Parentheses, see figure 8. So figure 8, which is on the far right, next to this text, adjacent to the text, you could say. We have all caps, all bold, the heading rear view. So what we have here is the, the items that are listed in the figure, the chime hammers, the foam pad, the chain bag, the pendulum guide, the plastic retainer, uh, the spring clip, I missed that one, and then the chime rods. So the chime rods are hanging to the left. Um, the foam bed's at the top. The chime hammers are at the top. Um, and, and I'll be, be honest, without having the, the clock in, in front of me, um, it's, a, it's a pretty... Uh, it, it's it's a, a harder way... It's harder to describe this rear view of the grandfather clock than it, than it was, say, the toilet. We'll do our best. Um, we have the spring clip that the arrows point and it's at the bottom. Um, the pendulum guide. Um, the chain bags, you can see what they're all. Um, they're, they're chains. So, um, there and there is a bag um, that they're, they're sort of um, coming out of and that bag is, is tied. Um, so, presumably it's coming tied when you get it. So, moving on. Position the clock into its final location. Once in place, your clock cabinet must be leveled as the clock may not operate if it is not level. There are four, numeral four, levelers under the cabinet on each corner that can be screwed in, parentheses up or out, parentheses down, to make adjustments. Place a level alongside the clock cabinet from front to back and side to side, adjusting the levelers until level. It may be necessary to periodically check your cabinet after initial setup, parentheses, especially if the clock is on carpet, as it might settle after original leveling, parentheses, see figure 9. Ensure clock is positioned square and firm on the floor so that it will not fall over. And then underlined illuminated cases. Some clocks have lights illuminating the inside of the clock case. Carefully remove the paper sleeve from the light bulb before operating the light. All caps note, to perform the following steps, we suggest wearing cotton gloves or using a soft cloth when handling parts. Step 2, all bold, all caps. Hanging pendulum, in all caps. Some pendulums have a colored protective plastic film covering the pendulum disc. Carefully remove this film before hanging the pendulum. To hang the pendulum, locate the pendulum guide through the front door or any of the side or back access panel locations. While holding the pendulum guide with one hand, slip the pendulum in through the front door with your other hand. Place the pendulum hook through the slot on the pendulum guide and lower the pendulum until it is hanging securely on the pendulum guide. Parentheses, see figure 10. So to the right here, 
we have a side angle of the, the mechanics of the clock. You have your chimes hanging from the left. We have your, your pendulum guide um, in the center. There's an arrow pointing to it. You have a pendulum hook um, slightly below that with an arrow pointing uh, first to the hook, and it says pendulum hook to um, show us where, where it is and what it is and what it looks like. And then we have the pendulum hook with an arrow pointing up to the pendulum guide and the hole in the guide we're going to stick the hook in. And then right below the hook, there's an arrow that points to the pendulum itself, and it says pendulum, of course. And we have uh, various chains hanging from the the box um, of the, the clock itself. They're all hanging um, below. Uh, so those are to the left of the, the pendulum guide and the pendulum. Moving on to page 7, step 3, all bold, all caps, and then below that in all caps, hanging weights. Most clocks use three weights. The bottom of each weight is labeled as to its proper hanging position as you view your clock from the front. The total weight of each weight is slightly different, and each all caps weight must be installed in its all caps all bold correct location for the clock to operate properly. End of caps, still bold, check the end of bold weights to ensure that they are tightly assembled. Ensure that each chain is on the sprocket. Hang each weight on the solid hook at the end of the chain, never on the chain links. Parentheses see figure 11. And here we once again have a, the same images. Um, this step was described before. A left hand holding the chain with a hook, the right hand holding the the weight, and they're showing how you assemble the hook. Step four, all bold, all caps, and then below that in all caps, setting moon dial, parentheses available on some models. Um, and I guess I, I should say to go back, um, it says figure 11 at the bottom of the last picture. I described. Back to the moon dial. With your fingertips, apply slight pressure to the front of the moon dial and rotate the moon dial clockwise until the moon is directly below the number 15 lunar day mark. Parentheses, each mark represents a lunar day. On the lunar arch. Parentheses, see figure 5, which is to the right and I will describe in one moment. If the moon dial will not rotate, see the troubleshooting section. Refer to an almanac or calendar and determine the date of the last full moon. Count the number of days past the last full moon. Rotate the moon dial clockwise one lunar day for every day past the full moon. Example, if the last full moon was three days ago, rotate the moon dial clockwise three lunar days so that the moon is centered at lunar day 18 on the lunar arch. The moon dial is now set and will indicate the proper moon phases as long as the clock operates continuously. If the clock stops, the moon dial will also stop and must be reset when the clock is started again. And to the right, we have the same image as before with the uh, moon dial or lunar arch as described in the instructions to the left. Uh, with the numerals 1, 
5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and 29. Number 15, Lunar Day Mark, is listed with an arrow pointing to the 15. And then we have that familiar cloth-gloved hand uh, holding it down on the figure. So step five, all bold, all caps. Um, we we really uh, have a, a repeat. Um, this is just a, a different version of the installation, so they're going over similar instructions just to make sure it's done properly. Step five, uh, setting time, all caps, parentheses, moving the hands. To set the time, move, all caps, only the minute hand, counterclockwise, parentheses, backwards, until hour and minute hand are at the correct time. Parentheses C, figure 13. All caps, all bold. Do not move the hour hand when setting the time. Just bold now. This hand will, end of bold, move automatically when the minute hand is moved. By moving the minute hand counterclockwise, it is not necessary to wait for the clock to chime as the minute hand passes each quarter hour. The movement has a self-correcting feature, which synchronizes the chimes with the time. If, after setting the clock on time, it does not chime properly, permit it to operate two hours to correct itself. And to the right we have figure 13, which is just a front image of a standard clock. We have the minute hand with an arrow pointing to it and counterclockwise that arrow is pointing to, and then we have the hour hand. Um, absent from this image are the, the levers to the left of the 9 and to the 3, so this is a slightly different description as before. Last step on this page of the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock Manual. Step 6, all bold, all caps. Starting the clock, all caps. Reach through the front door of the clock and place your hand on the side of the pendulum disc. Move the pendulum to the far left of center and release. Let the clock run a few minutes until the pendulum settles into an even swinging motion. Parentheses, see figure 14. If your clock gains or loses time, again, there's a typo with, um, with loses. It's two O's instead of just one. After 24 hours... See General Information section to regulate the timekeeping of your clock. And this figure 14, this image is, appears to be identical to the one for, uh, that I described before. It's the arm cut off at the elbow reaching out and uh, with a cloth-gloved hand, the door is open to the clock and it is, has a hold of the pendulum um, getting ready to um, to move it to the far left, it's pulling to the far left, and release it. And that brings us to page 8 of the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock Manual, and there's half of a manual to go, which is exciting for me. This is interesting. I have never looked into what it takes to to put a grandfather clock together i've certainly probably seen them constructed and installed on a show like um how it's made 
but certainly have not looked into and read into this much detail and and it's fascinating so i am excited to share part two the second half of the manual with you on the next episode so i hope you have enjoyed this part one of ridgeway grandfather clock i hope you've got a chance to rest your eyes and relax and you'll be ready to enjoy part two of the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock. Have a great day.